What is up, guys? It is Hot Take without the Hot Take here, and welcome back to another episode of Junior Senior Two Views. Let's get straight into it. How serious is the Kevin Durant injury to the Suns' finals chances? Uh, somewhat serious. I mean, you know, this didn't. Let's just let's just frame the reference for those who don't know. Kevin Durant was simply just warming up. He was yeah. doing a layup, and then got his big old feet and twiggy legs mixed up with each other and fell on the floor. Mm-hmm. And now he's hurt himself. So he's not going to play for the, he hasn't played for the rest of the season. I'm sure that the Suns are anticipating him jumping into the playoffs. Yeah. I think the ramp can, can plug in anytime because he's ready, mm-hmm. but I think it impacts the cohesiveness. I mean, they look like they were on a bit of a run. No. Yeah, they did right now. They've, uh, they've lost um, counting it here. So they've won. They won against the bulls on the fourth. They won against the Mavs on the sixth. They won against the Thunder on the ninth. They lost to the Kings on the 12th. They lost to the Warriors on the 14th. They lost to the Bucks on the 15th. And they won against the Magic. So it's been sort of a it's weird... 500. Yeah, it's, it's, like a five, 500. it's 500. They're still fourth in the West, but they're still behind uh, the Kings and the Grizz and the Nuggets. Um, oh. And, the, and it, the Clippers are only two games back from them. So... It's an interesting little time for the Suns. They're only uh seven seven games below uh, above five hundred. So yeah, yeah. I, look, or six games above five hundred. They're not going to catch the first. They're not going to catch them. one seed. You know, if they finish the season at four, who do they play in five in the Clippers, first? The Clippers, which will be an interesting series. I'd still say the Suns have the better team on paper. So I don't. I don't know. I think. I think that the Suns will just. You know, monitor Kevin Durant. Look, Kevin, this is what happens, right? He's missed a lot of games. Yep. Before, you know, he left the Warriors. And remember, you know, I, you know, playing on a championship team, he decided, I want to go to the Nets. I'm going to finish against the the Raptors. And what happened, right? Towards yep. Achilles, he was out that whole season. So the Nets didn't even have him until the year after. And even yep. while he was playing with the Nets, He's missed a boatload of games. So, well, this is what happens. Uh, well, I don't know. well, if I'll tell you something, if the Suns don't win uh, the championship with this team, it's a failure because with this new ownership, they've invested so much money and draft picks into this team. They have to win. They yeah. have to do it now. I agree. Um, and for those who are yeah. wondering if the audio sounds a little bit different, uh. Uh, senior actually has COVID, so we're doing COVID. it. Oh, we're, we're doing it. Rem- yeah. We're doing this thing remotely <laughs> this week. <laughs> we're trying to keep socially distant from each other. So if it sounds mm-hmm. like you're listening to an AM radio, mm-hmm. please don't be worried. We'll be back. Yeah. back in tune next week, I guess. But yes. we'll continue. I'll let you read the questions, and I'll let you answer the next question for yourself to start with. Mm-hmm. Um. Yep, yeah, that's you. No, I can't read it. You go ahead. Oh, you can't read it. Have the Nets found a player like Mikael Bridges? To build around. Um, I don't know if he's a franchise face, honestly. Um, however, they it's good that they got the picks from the Suns, cause I don't know what they would have done. Um keeping Durant and uh Kyrie and being stuck because you wouldn't have enough picks to really build with. But if you if you feel like you can break the glass ceiling with the players you have, uh go for it. I think maybe you can uh, I don't think you could, you could maybe trade for for a superstar with the assets that you just got. So I I think you can. I don't think Bridges will be a franchise guy, but he's definitely been very very good for the Nets since being in that trade. Well, I think you can. 
Uh, you know, the one thing you can say right now is that the Nets really haven't skipped the beat since the trade. You know, no. which, team, which team's gotten better value? You'd have to say the Nets. So, yeah. And Mikhail Bridges is not used to being a starter. He's used to coming off the bench. And he is, you know, there's no pre- there's, I don't think the pressure is big as what people think. And I think it's a it's a Nova thing. You know, look at Bridges. You've got Josh Hart. You've got, you know, Brunson over and over, you know, with the Nets. With the Knicks, sorry. You know, well, there's something about Villanova players. And I think he's a good player. I think he's, you know, he's a good shooter. He's a decent defender. He does a lot of good things. And he's, you know, he's been sort of carrying that. So I I, I believe that the Nets are, have found a player they between him and Cam Thomas, they could potentially just build a good team around. Yeah. Now, they'll if take you're... some movement. I mean, the summertime's coming. So I yep. mean, I'm not saying the Nets are out of it, but whatever happens this Whatever happens during the playoffs will happen. I don't think the Nets are going to go as far as people may think they'll go. Mm-hmm. But, whatever, you know, they can make moves during the summer and, you know, move guys around, what have you. I think it's worked out for them so far. It has definitely worked out for them. They're still the sixth, sixth seed. They're in the playoffs right now. Right. Um, it, even in the, the dense Eastern Conference, they're three games uh, ahead of the Heat. So it's uh, – well, no, they're two games ahead of the Heat. So yeah. it's it's – a very interesting race, and they're just two games back from your beloved Knicks. So it's going to be an interesting race. As it stands right now, they'll be playing the Celtics in the first round again. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a tall order. That'll be a very, very interesting matchup. As it stands, I think they lose to the Celtics, but I think they put up a better fight than they then did last 4-1? year. Then four one, I think so. Maybe I, they get one. Maybe they get one extra, one extra game. I think they could push it to six, honestly. Yeah, I really I think so. seven, but six. Yeah, I okay. think I think six. All right. Um, let's see the next one here. Uh, what are your thoughts in regards to the eight game suspension handed to John Morant from Adam Silver? Well, it's nice to know that Adam Silver was actually present. I, nobody's nobody heard from Adam Silver was like was like a ghost. You know, nobody heard. He didn't. You know, Adam Silver didn't front the media and and, and say this is what I'm gonna do. It, there's no thoughts about it. I don't, I don't know. I've been, I mean, I'm not on social media at all for that most point, but it's a bit strange that eight games, like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there were people talking like, you know, indefinitely 50 games, at least, you know, talking about pouring into next season. I'm not sure what this is. I'm not sure if this, I mean, again, you can only say it's Adam Silver. He's the commissioner now. You know, it's not like he's, ta- you know, caretaking. David Stern is, you know, gone and buried. Rest his soul. I don't think David Stern would have such a uh, lenient view. That's what I see it as. Well, if if we're looking at everything that's gone on, um, I I believe I did. I was hankering for fifty games just because someone needs to just explain it. I I thought I think it's the only reason, uh, only way that this gets through the job that he does not need to put up a front. He has got a massive contract waiting for him. He's got an opportunity that very few people in this world will ever get or ever dream of in their lives. And he's wasting it all on hanging with a bunch of a bunch of dudes who just pull him down. Um, and I just think but uh, looking at everything, I think that a game suspension was probably um, in terms of what the league was thinking, because this is a marketable asset that they want to push. Um, I think. For the league, it may have been the best decision for Ja. I don't know. That's gonna have to wait and see. Um, but in terms of Ja himself, I did 
watch the Jalen uh, Rose interview, and he did seem very uh, subdued. He seemed very sincere. I hope that sincerity translates into him um, getting his head right. I hope he's got good people in his ear telling him this is not what you should be doing. And I hope that he can get back to doing what he does best, and that's being one of the most exciting players in the NBA to watch. Uh, yeah, I again, I, I understand. I, I'm still wrapping my head around because I like you, like everybody else who even watched this. I was thinking, you know, at least the rest of the season, going into next season, as a really harsh lesson, because then you've let your teammates down, you know, to the point where you know. I mean, look, and you know, Memphis, they aren't sold yet. I mean, Memphis, they're not a team that they they got to where they got to last season. I don't think that's going to be the case this. Even when Ja gets back, I think it's going to be awkward. I think it's going to be. I don't think I don't think it's enough time for him to really get the help he needs to be able to just you know appreciate it so much more. But I'm not the commissioner. If I was a commissioner, I'd probably say the rest of the season into next. And, um, and then we get to next season, then you could you know be let off the hook. But I think a harsher lesson. And again, I'm not the commissioner, so I don't. I don't, you know without pay, it's not a big deal. So I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm I'm indifferent about the fact that you know it had to come to that. For him to learn. I mean, Gilbert uh, Arenas is probably saying, oh, I should have been able to get eight games. Well, look, look, the difference between the Gilbert Arenas and Ja situation is that Gilbert Arenas um, threatened um, a, uh, Javaris Crittenden, and yeah. Javaris Crittenden responded in kind. And that was a situation where they genuinely could have killed each other. Yeah. Um, huh. Whereas Ja was just waving a gun around in a club. I mean, and, and he, he claims that the gun wasn't his so and and the police have already cleared of him of any wrongdoing so i'm trying to err on the side of caution here i hope he's doing the right things to get his head right and i just really hope we don't see another young player who gets caught up in the sauce and wastes his own career we'll see all right moving on here we have what does it say for Michael Jordan in selling his majority share of the Hornets? This is a funny thing because just the other day, I was watching a little video that uh, SB Nation or Secret Base made. Uh, it's a two hour, two almost two and a half hour long video called The People You're Paying to Be in Shorts. Um, and it details that horror season of the Bobcats in 2011, 2012 where they only won seven games in a lockout-shortened season. It detailed every player. It detailed all the moments. And it detailed down to the percentage of what chance they had at Anthony Davis and missed out on him in that rigged draft lottery. But um, it's finally... And I said to myself, why does Michael Jordan own this team? He, And why is he still the president of basketball operations? He clearly does not know how to build a franchise. He knows how to play and be the face of a franchise. He knew how to do that and he knew how to win, but as a executive and owner, he does not know how to win or doesn't care to. He brought in friends and um, butt kissers to run the team. He's he's made bad draft picks and bad decisions and he's finally gone or hopefully gone. So, so for starters, it's surprising at the same time, Michael Jordan's not hurting for money. <laughs> no, no. He's I mean, gonna it, get he's we, gonna get a billion. It doesn't matter. Even with that, that's just money that could fall out of his pocket and anybody else would be freaking out and he'd be like, What's the problem? So 
these are some of the stats that I got from it. And this is these are some numbers. Two playoff appearances in 12 years. Lost in the first round both times. That happened recently. Worst season in NBA history, 7-59. That was at the Bobcats. Three players arrested in single offseason. Blew top 10 picks on Michael Kidd Gilchrist, Frank Kaminsky, Noah Vonley, and Cody Zeller. Drafted Shea Gilders Alexander and immediately traded him for Miles Bridges. And can I also mention that wasn't mentioned here, but the Bobcats drafted Adam Morrison. So huh. there are a lot of questionable moves that Jordan has made. You know, I think there was some look, I think I think it was already jinxed from the start. If we remember, you know, the Hornets moved. They went to New Orleans and suddenly they didn't have a franchise. And then he's in there going, I want a franchise. And then suddenly they became the Bobcats and then again North. I think it was already doomed from the start because of the well, changes. Let's, let's, let's be totally transparent here. As when he was with the Wizards, um, he didn't start out as a player for the Wizards. He actually started out as an executive for them, but he came out of retirement and it most likely was a stipulation of gaining control of team operations to get asses and seats. Now, yeah. uh, and he made bad moves with the Wizards. He traded um, Rip Hamilton for Jerry Stackhouse, which in hindsight was a bad move he drafted Kwame Brown which in hindsight bad move everybody's bought... bad move get in the line for Kwame Brown yeah look just if you and you know the funny thing in the season prior to that worst season Kwame Brown was actually one of the best players on the Bobcats yet they released him he was one of the best defensive players on the Bobcats and they released him which is so... just irony and if you if you if you fast forward now to this current Hornets team, they have minor they have minor ownership with the Hawks, which I think is nuts. So they don't have a focus. Uh, look, their star player, the you know player he thought was going to be the star player, which is you know Lamelo Ball. Well, been, look, let's changed. look at this. So. Let's look at this roster right now. Lamelo Ball, you picked him third overall. I like his potential, and I think he's done some good stuff so far in his uh three seasons in the nba but yeah. um is he really the, the guy moving forward you might yeah, have to build knows. a better team around him they, look they also made some look they they got they got they picked up gordon hayward in a draft i mean in the trade he's not the same gordon hayward that was with the celtics they I mean, actually that, paid him in free agency they did they paid him a lot and he hasn't really so i think that the, the the organization needs a, a complete overhaul not have minor minor ownership with the hawks for some reason it's a team that's got no rudder, and I mean, they really it, I mean, if you look at other their their other high draft picks, James Booknight was arrested and hasn't been playing for a while. Um, mm -hmm. Miles Bridges was released yeah. because of yeah. his legal issues. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, what what kind of culture was here when James Borrego was coaching this team? And oh well, who and I constant they had they've had chances to pick amazing players. They passed on Bradley Beal. For Michael Kidd Gilchrist, they passed yeah. on um the the who they pass uh, they passed on somebody else. Who knows? They passed on Donovan Mitchell in 2017 from Malik Monk. Did that. They 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 could have gotten they could have gotten Brooke Lopez in 2010. Yeah, they could have gotten right. Brooke Lopez. But right. moving on. Right. Well, yeah, on. yeah. Next one. Agree with the Bears' decision to trade the number one pick to the Panthers. Uh, yeah. Um, look, they, they, they were in a position. I think this is a, a buy-in on, on Justin Fields. This is the buy-in, you know, they, they felt mm -hmm. as though this needed to happen. They needed to get that, you know, they need to make him very secure in his position. 
rather than, you know, trying to even think of drafting another quarterback. I think, and they already answered, right? They got the picks. They also got DJ Moore, who they consider to be now the a number one target for, for Fields on top of other wide receivers. So this was the Bears using that pick to get more currency in place. And I think, and it's, so, I think it's a fantastic trade, honestly. Like, if you think about the package they got back, that's a haul. A haul and a half they got back. For a team, we talked about the uh, the Hornets, uh, you know, Panthers for a while. We know they need a quarterback. We know they're going to draft a quarterback. Yes, they picked up Andy Dalton as a free agent to start, but Andy Andy Dalton's not going to finish the season. He's Uh, a bridge. He's a bridge. He'll be right. He'll be wherever they they draft. And they, look, they did. And look, they did draft Matt Corral last draft in like, what, the third round? But he's not going to be the franchise guy. In my opinion, yeah. um, they could potentially trade down with the Texans if the Texans are really, really hankering for Bryce Young because it seems to me that the Panthers want um, C.J. Stroud uh, okay. because of that pocket pass type type guy, and C.J. Stroud is probably the best passing quarterback in this entire draft. Yeah. Um, and obviously the Texans are really high on Bryce Young. So they could still move down and get some assets out of that. So I don't think it's a terrible situation for either team. No, of course not. So, I mean, look, I think the Bears made the right decision. I think the idea of drafting another quarterback, you know, we saw just – I mean, people saw Justin Fields. There are there were sparks there. He was running for his life. That's why he had such a high rushing count this season because he had no offensive line. Yeah, running for his life. So if they, for, if they if they throw to. so the Bears could still manage to pick up um Peter Skornsky in this draft, who's well, probably who's probably is the best tackle in this draft. So okay. they could get him a premium blocker. All right. Let's go. So, let's move on. Let's move on indeed. We have got up next other NFL moves that are interesting so far. Okay, so I'll give you a couple. I think mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't have names, but the Broncos are seriously trying to protect Russell Wilson. They've, yes. they've gotten, they've traded for linemen, offensive linemen. Sean, Sean Payton's clearly, you know, they, saying, they, okay, They, what they didn't just trade. They paid what? Mike McGlinchey $87 million. All right. So see that they're interested in protecting Russell Wilson. I've, I honestly, that's a massive <laughs> overpayment for Mike McGlinchey, who wasn't even that good last season. No, you know, they, look, I mean, I also consider the fact that the Giants picked up Jared Waller. That was a big move. Darren Waller, that's a massive move. And they got um, a couple I mean, other if you wide give, receivers now. We talked you think about, about yeah. You think about the Waller trade, though, because um, Waller's specialty is um, that in-and-out, um, low, low slant route. And if you give um, DJ DJ that amount of, um, of receiving talent in a short amount of space, which we know DJ is – probably limited when it comes to his throwing ability that's gonna give waller that's gonna give dj a very very good target to work with yeah i mean they, they've also got a couple more wide receivers i don't know the names i'm gonna have in front of me but again they're obviously are looking to say all right we need to upgrade the area we need to make the offense go deep we're gonna give yes. them more explosive explosive offense the other move i pretty much i mean there are a lot of moves that are good um clearly the move that was made was to sew up, um, you know, to sew up some of the, you know, the move that the Dolphins made by getting Jalen Ramsey, which I think was really, they're like all in. They're saying we're all in on defense too. So well, we're going to down there. Gonna, yeah. 
I'm so. not as I'm not surprised that Jalen Ramsey only fetched a third for the Rams because he was pretty bad last season. And um, the Rams con- were bad. Yeah, the Rams were bad, and he was bad as well himself. So um, the fact that he f- and his contract is pretty um, exorbitant for a guy who's not the best corner in the league anymore. So oh. um, I I'm not surprised that he fetched a third. But what it says for the the Dolphins is that hey, you that secondary is loaded, man. You think yeah. about Xavier Howard and Ramsey yeah. on paper. That's a, yeah. that's a ridiculous secondary. Yes. All right, moving on. Yep, let's move on. Uh, we have got ourselves. Does anyone care about the World Baseball Classic? I care. No, I I care. I I like. I look, care because it hurts players. Look, look, and I disagree. I like the World Baseball Classic. I think it's a good tournament. I think it's a fun tournament, and I think it's a it's a tournament that really expands the game on a world stage. I mean, Australia beat Korea and went to the quarterfinals where they gave Cuba a fright. Australia. So I think everyone, especially American fans, need to stop viewing the World Baseball Classic through an Americanized lens. Because well, yes, and I know there's from. a bit I know there's a big I know there's a big symphony of trumpet trumpets in the room or lack thereof with Diaz's injury during the celebration. But look, here's the thing. You can't predict that he's gonna get he's gonna tear his patellar tendon while celebrating. That's oh, just know, something I'm, you can't predict. Okay, it's yeah, I know. I got it. One thing is not indicative of the other. Okay. But I just think that this 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 tournament is just poorly placed. So one something's got I thought about it. Something's gotta give. And it's gotta happen for Major League Baseball. They have to either shorten the season to allow for the World Series to finish, I don't know, not near Christmas and allow for the World Baseball to, you know, start perhaps then or start a little later. I don't know. I, there's no perfect time for this. Well, I'm it's not saying- only the World Baseball Classics only every only every five years. So oh, I, I guess I just think that this is just I don't know. I, last, I, one, I, last one was in 2017. I know. So- I just think that the timing of it, I think where where baseball is going with the just the, the start of the season, the length of the season. The well, I believe the things. I well, know. if that's the case, and I do agree with you that it's poorly placed. If that's the case, let's put it straight after the World Series. Let's put it straight after the right. World Series. Then, then that makes more sense. However, if- however, um, will nations agree to that because some of their best players might be coming off a playoff run or might oh, be trying bad. to trying to prepare for for um uh spring training. So that's oh, well, kind of that's another that happens, that's another that issue to deal sport. with. That happens in any sport. You know, when when the NFL stopped doing the Pro Bowl, thank God that came off the heels of what the end of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It was after the season's over. The baseball, you know, the All Star Game happens in the middle of the season. You know, the football doesn't happen that way. NBA, we know it happens in the middle of the season. So I don't know. I just think I know one thing's not indicative of the other, but. I just think the World Baseball Classic. I know it's every five years, but they need to plan it. It's just. I think it's. I. I think it's a fantastic tournament overall. I think it's a fun tournament. I think it brings out the best in a lot of baseball playing nations, and it really expands the game. I think it's poorly placed, however, and I am sad that Diaz has gone down with a patellar tendon tear. He's Fox. going to be out for eight months, probably the whole <laughs> season, and that sucks to lose your mainline closer. But look, if the Mets. If the Mets want to move around that, they're going to have to they're going to have to move around it. That's what oh. teams do. They're going oh. to have to move around it. 
And that's sure. just the way it is. Okay. All right. Next. Moving on. Uh, possibility for the NRL to expand to 20 teams. Why Going not? Back, it, I think uh, – I don't think they should be jumping on um, 20 teams straight away, but I think there's a there's, – there's been a whole lot of rumors percolating around an 18th team to give – give the even the yeah. the evens um however i don't i don't think it's going to be 20 teams for a long time this is yeah. because of the fact that when the nrl uh first formed in 2000 um off the back of the arl and the super league war so for those who are not in the know the super league war was a sort of uh, divergence of uh australian rugby league you had um, the Super League, which was run by Murdoch, uh, and uh, was uh, was being telecast, oh, broadcasted on uh, Foxtel, and I I believe Optus's cable provider when they were still right. active, and then um, and then you had the Arrow, which was the original Australian Rugby League, uh, which was being broadcast on free to air, which was backed by pa- the Packer family, okay. Um, okay. and teams had to choose. In 1997, whether to go with Murdoch or whether to go whether to go with Packer, and that really caused a lot of division with franchises. So when the NRL was starting to form, they said we're going to have 16 teams. They shut down a lot of teams. A lot of people don't remember. Uh, we had a Perth team. We had the the Western Reds, but they shut down because they were completely bankrupt. So, yeah, so the so NRL that- said, "Hold on." The NRL said 16 teams. And there were originally 20. They said 16. So I don't think they're going to be expanding to 20 anytime soon. So I I'm, I'm, I get it. And I think that there's a sort of concern from, from fans that there'll be a watering down. I don't necessarily believe that because I think we see now the Red Cliff Dolphins are 3-0. and And they've beaten some pretty – they've beaten the teams that they need to beat. And so I don't think that's the case. I don't know every blueprint's going to be like that. However, I don't think it should be another – if they're going to expand, I don't think it should be any more Queensland teams. I think there's enough Queensland teams there. I think they expand somewhere else. I think know, they're going to – I think the next – or, or Adelaide or somewhere I believe, else. I, I believe the next expansion franchise will probably be in Perth just okay. because there's a big fan base there of NRL. Um, the only sports teams there are uh, – the only sports teams that are have done well over the years there are the Perth Glory – uh, yeah. the Perth Wildcats in the WNBL in the NBL and Fremantle. uh the, the Fremantle if there's a fan base there and uh the West Coast Eagles in the okay. NFL right. but right. um but I just don't think I don't see the NRL expanding anytime soon uh to 20 teams just because it it might water down the game and the Redcliffe Dolphins are performing well because they picked up um guys from other teams guys, that yeah, became yeah, like yeah. you look at guys like Felice Kafusi uh Bromwich the Bromwich brothers uh yeah. a Jermaine Asako in a normal free agency cycle those guys would most likely go to another destination where they would be proven this yeah, was okay. uh, I think if they're going to do 20 teams they're going to have to have an expansion draft all right all okay right. next moving on we have got ourselves March Madness is here who are the favorites uh there are no favorites because everyone everyone's bracket is done for Purdue are the biggest yeah. frauds I've ever Bye, seen Purdue. in my entire life. <laughs> Bye, Purdue. 
<laughs> Purdue are the what happened, Boilermakers? You wow. lost to FDU, a 16 Boil. seed. Look, at least you didn't do a Virginia versus UMBC, and you at least kept it close. But my God, there were warning signs already throughout the season. You lost to your your big brother in the same state. You lost to Indiana. You lost to the Hoosiers. And that was the moment where I said, yeah, this team is a bunch of frauds. And what did they do come come um, the tourney? They choked massively. Yeah, so, so, yeah, I think this is why I love March Madness. I don't care about college basketball for any other time because nothing matters. And nothing – this season proved it. Any team that was number one in the, in the AP polls, it didn't matter. Why? Because they lose to somebody. Mm-hmm. And so the beautiful thing about March Madness is you get this kind of game. You get a Princeton paired up with, you know, number two or Arizona. Nobody expect Princeton to win, but Princeton thought they could win, and they won't won. So these are teams that don't face each other. Princeton's in the Ivy League. Arizona's in the Pac-12. They don't see each other. So it's that whole unfamiliarity, and that's what breeds – that's what I like about it the best. And so – this is what's going to keep happening. So Purdue's gone. You still have Alabama out there. You still well, have even Houston. Virginia did it again. They lost again. Of course, and so in a like, very in extremely f- hilarious fashion, throwing yeah. the ball away. Yeah, and teams like Texas A and M, who hadn't been there in a few years, just got in and lost to Penn State. And Penn State, not known as a great basketball program, shocked the hell out of them and oh yeah, beat them down. And so I you mean, think Penn State for football, but they beat them. Yeah, I mean, Pitt moves on as well. But that game Pitt played was horrible on and both so the sides. Team, I mean, the team that really interests me is Gonzaga because Gonzaga every year is always that team that's supposed to be the team winning it all. And, and it is not – and let me let you in a, lo- a little secret. It is not this year and never will be this year for Gonzaga. Like, I no, I will never believe in them ever again. So I'm Never. Putting all my, I believed I'm, in them. I believed in them last season. Right. So and I'm, I'm not doing it again. So I'm happy to push my chips into Kansas's bucket because. Well, they already the lost. Jayhawks, they already lost. They did. They lost today. Holy cow. I was so wrong. I wasn't even They lost it. today. Oh, wow. See, we told you folks, no oh. perfect brackets in oh. March Madness. Oh, this is why go. we love this tourney. There you go. I feel stupid. All right. Moving oh, on. Man. I would have and would anyone have attended the VIP event featuring LeVar Ball? Um so yeah, some homeless people. Some homeless people who <laughs> so are for those who are drink. unaware, at last night LeVar Sydney Ball. at last night Sydney Derby, uh Sydney FC, Western Sydney Wanderers, uh the main event uh oh. was horrible for me to watch because oh. uh, Western Sydney Wanderers walked into Allianz and destroyed destroyed Sydney FC for nothing. But okay. LeVar Ball oh. backed Sydney FC and decided to have a VIP event for some oh. reason. Why is this man here? <laughs> so, why is he here? But we know why he's here. He's not here for his sons. He's here for his, his three big or whatever, triple three, organi- his sneaker company. The same sneaker Baller company. Brand. Is, yeah, the brand. The Baller brand he was putting on Lonzo and now putting on LaMelo. But, you know, that sort of thing. So, I don't know. I would say a small crowd of maybe five people would have showed up to this throwback event in the city. It was held by the throwback store. I'm not sure what they'd want to talk to him about. I'm sure he had no interest in talking about anything other than Baller brand. Honestly, so honestly, the only people that would have shown up is for uh, people for who were looking 
to make some memes out of it. The, I mean, well, LeVar yeah. Ball, LeVar Ball is a walking meme. He obviously he had that big that big blowout interview with Stephen A. Smith. Where he was like five on five gave me good one on one. I'm undefeated, never lost. I'm I'm sure the whole thing about LeVar Ball is he was pumping it up, and he was he was an irritant for the Lakers, who were happy to see him and Lonzo go to New Orleans at the time. So I don't know who would attended that. Good luck to him. Uh, you know, Lonzo's definitely going to have his third knee surgery. Probably never going to play again. And Lamelo's had a eh, kind of iffy, iffy season. So I'm not sure. I don't hear him much anymore because he can't talk about his son so much. Why? Because I'm not that good. One's not playing and one is playing. So I think it's calmed down. There was a big, you know, LeVar Ball had his 15 minutes and now he's just trying to get a few more seconds. That's it. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Honestly, that is definitely the case. A um, couple happy birthdays. Happy birthday, Stephen Curry, the greatest shooter ever. The greatest, turned, the all-time greatest, just turned 35. Just all-time turned greatest. 35, hasn't skipped a beat. He's still that dude. Has had some injuries, though. Yes. So I think, you know, there's, there's – I mean, look, there are people who don't say, you know, father time, father time. I, I, I think he's just had those injuries that happen when you get to a certain age. Yeah. And so – but I think – I do believe he's still – can play at a productive level. He's at a position that's not bouncing with bodies and he's still a great shooter. So you still don't want to leave Stephen Curry, you know, Steph Curry open to take yep. three pointers. That's for sure. So oh, happy of birthday. Of course you yeah. don't want to leave him open. Happy no. birthday to Larry Johnson, uh one of the great players of, the, of one of the early <laughs> great players Grandma. of the late 80s, right. early early for, 90s well, was with your Knicks Charlotte but wasn't the same. Second. If you're thinking about college basketball Anybody who's listening to this show, and that might be the three people out there, go YouTube UNLV Running Rebels of the 90s. Larry Johnson, Stacey Augman, Greg Anthony, just a supreme starting five that just would run, 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 run. And that was Larry Johnson up and down the court. Got drafted, you know, by the Hornets, uh, was an immediate, immediate success with the Hornets. But then back injuries. Back injuries. That back injury, he had back surgery. He wasn't the same. When the Knicks got him, they didn't get the authentic Larry Johnson. They got a guy who could do other things, but definitely was limited. But he was not the he was not the high flying uh, no, commercial he wasn't. superstar he was a with the Knicks. Shooter, kind of a low post, you know, kind of rebounder, kind of like a poor man's, kind of like Charles Oakley, but he just wasn't the same guy that was with the Hornets. Yes. But happy birthday to him anyway. Oh, uh, we got a passage, uh, passage <laughs> to Bud Grant. Uh, Bud one, Grant. In my opinion, the greatest uh, coach to have never won a Super Bowl. Absolute Ever. hell of a coach. Coached the Purple People leaders in their prime. He should have gotten. Him. He should have gotten one ring out of four Super Bowl right. tries. Well, consider this, right? He had Buffalo losing four in that period of time. He had the Vikings losing four in the seventies. So he was part of those. He was a great coach, former player. Really, you know, as you said, purple people eaters uh, really transformed the game up in Minnesota, but just couldn't quite win. Couldn't quite win that that big Something game. Something always so, went awry with the Vikings, and yeah. s- things still go still awry does. with that franchise. It still does. And it still um, does. and but it's it wasn't on him. I feel like he definitely just he he deserved a ring, man. He's the greatest coach to have never won it. He yep. never won it all. Uh, that's that's our, that's our show for this week. We'll be back um next week in hopefully person together in person, hopefully. If you come from TikTok or any welcome. other platform, welcome. We do this thing uh once a week. Next week we continue with the madness 
Oh, we like, love this. This is why we uh, love this tourney. We, we absolutely love this tourney. Uh, NFL draft is coming up soon. We'll be previewing that. Uh, hockey, hockey playoffs are coming very, very soon. The Stanley yeah. Cup playoffs. I'm so excited. So excited for that. Um, and the NBA playoffs are also coming soon. Very excited for that. Until then, we will see you next time. Big shout out to the regents. Yep. Peace. See ya.